Hey. Hey, hey, how you how doing? How you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good, nice to meet you. I'm Keen. I'm Vic. Pleasure to meet you guys. Thanks for coming on Hashtag All Podcast Matter, the podcast about politics, social issues, movie news, and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, we're very excited for this, like, because we are both huge fans of Castlevania, and then we're really excited to see Castlevania back. It's like an, it's like an old friend. Um, it, you... it is exactly like an old friend. Yeah, In a lot of ways, right? It's kind of like a, an old friend that's gone through multiple iterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you really excited to see reactions for season two? Excited isn't the right word, uh, <laughs> but yes, I was very I was very happy with the response. I mean, um, the critics loved it, fans loved it, you know, and um, I, I haven't found anything negative. Not that I look for anything negative, um, but to be really honest, brutally honest with you guys, I, I, I kind of I disconnected from the internet. Oh man, so, it's always good. So I, so I don't really know what's no, up. You know what I mean? So oh, sorry, no, that's, not, that's not that's not. It's not like I don't know what's up. I know what's up, but but I'm not like you know hitting refresh to see like what people are saying. You know, because no. I realize that that's like uh, it's kind of a weird thing to do. No, I, I know what you mean. It's not that weird. I occasionally take breaks from the internet just. Honestly, from my, my my mental health. I mean, you gotta take personal health days from the internet, man. It's, that thing's crazy, but uh, it is it is crazy. It is crazy, and you guys have been in the in the nerd space for quite a while, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple of years now. Have you seen it evolve in the last two years? Uh, I think that things have definitely changed. It's hard to say for the better, but things are definitely different. How um, so? It's just in there's more interactivity, and people interact with us. Um, it's a lot faster than they used to. It's less taboo, and everybody's finding out there is a community that we all like it. Because, um, like, you know, being a person of color, being into comic books, anime, that was taboo when we were youngins. But now everybody's into it, and we've always been into it. And so we saw Castlevania out there, and it's like, all right, cool, it's a video game adaptation. But then we go like, oh, wait, no, this is totally great. This is amazing. Only thing we said negative about it was, like, after the fourth episode, we were like, wait, what? What do you mean? What do you mean your uh, Netflix is telling me to look at something else? I'm like, no, I want more episodes. So that was yeah. uh, <laughs> that was the only thing about it. When we got to the fourth, we were like, oh, my God, I got to wait for this. And we patiently waited for it. And you you guys delivered on season two. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it took a while. It took a while because of that, that, that process that went into, into the show and actually just making it good. Um, but I'm so happy that, the, that you guys liked it. Oh no, man! Everybody loves it, man. It's a, it's not a hidden gem, but it's a, like if, if, I feel sorry for people who don't have Netflix and don't get to see this. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. Um, see, I'm so, I'm so. This is like the first time I've had anything ever get a sequel, so it's kind of new territory <laughs> for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So the tone was the the tone like we love the violence and we love it. We love it. It was just. We got to see it, but it's not like violence just for the sake of being violence. It's a vampire show, so you're going to get it, and it's about vampire genocide. I mean, it's about genocide of the human race, but you also mix the humor in there. Uh, what was that balance like? How was that? How was it balancing that out? Uh, I mean, that's like that's like kind of like a Warren Ellis thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just does a, such a good job about uh, 
balancing tone here. Um, you know, one of the things I love so much about Castlevania as a game series is mm-hmm. it's really this like really uh, deep mythology in terms of like its own history and its yeah. own timeline. Um, but then when you go back to these uh, these old school games, you knew what their powers were, you knew their backstory, but there really wasn't a whole lot of personality uh, baked into these characters um, because video games just didn't have a have have a, a mechanism to to uh, to express that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where. the show was able to you know add depth and layers and nuance to these characters uh and 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 make them three-dimensional and i don't just mean in terms of like trevor and cypher but i also mean with regards to dracula right it would have been way too easy way too easy to make him like a two-dimensional uh bad guy who wants to just kill the world for no reason just because he's dracula and because he's vampires and vampires are evil like but uh again this was a show about nuance this is a show about uh, shades of gray this is this is a show ultimately about deferring uh, uh diverging points of view and it's a, and it's a, and it's a cautionary tale it's a cautionary tale for anybody who is so consumed by 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 revenge by hatred by darkness that they stare at it so long that they become it mm-hmm. i'm glad you said that because i know it's really easy to make dracula such a mustache twirling villain but, yeah. you, but you managed to make him really empathetic, and I felt for him, which is surprising. Consi- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> considering he wants to end humanity, I'm like, you know what, Dracula? Maybe, uh, maybe you have a good point. We are bad people. I understand what you're saying, but you made him so human, and especially with his, his two human generals, it's like um, the it's like these guys are really his friends, and he's really asking for counsel, and he's like, uh, you guys think I'm going crazy? All right. <laughs> but yeah, no, you gave him a you gave Dracula soul, and I think you guys said it in in the season is like uh she was trying to turn him human and stuff like that so it was just it's so many layers of lawyers even dracula's son when he was talking about he had to he had to kill him he was like we're gonna lose all this knowledge but he has to go just because he's mad and there's no coming back from madness but yeah no you said it was everyone's three-dimensional everyone's like deep deep characters yep 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 and there's um and there's uh you know there's consequences for everyone's actions Mm -hmm. every single person and I think that's what uh, that's what I kind of felt was lacking in in a lot of these these kinds of stories in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, heroes will act, and then there's consequences, but then the consequences get rectified because everything works out in the end. Yeah. It's... But here, at the end of the day, you know, it it it, it doesn't all work out. I mean, Alucard is literally left alone trying. Yeah, this isn't this isn't this isn't like happily ever after for everybody. Yeah, and I think you that it gave us a tone because even before all the shit hits the fan, everybody's telling you like they're kind of telling you everything's not going to be all roses and everything like that. No one's going to get out of this unscathed. And we don't we don't get that from our like mainstream movies, any of our mainstream like anime or cartoons. But it's like this one you knew was like. Yeah, this is a story about vampire, but it's heart and people are going to leave wounded. And so, yeah, yeah, it's refreshing. And, you know, the violence, the violence, man, the violence. <laughs> Did you guys have a hard time making some of those creative choices? Because like like you just said just now, like this this isn't a series that leaves you exactly like happy. warm and fuzzy at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, were you tempted to do that or were, did you just like feel no. pretty open with the no, creative no, no, process? No, no, no. Look, uh, 
first of all, Warren Ellis is like an amazing, amazing, amazing writer. If you go through his entire mm -hmm. uh, bibliography of works, you'll find some of the most iconic comic books, uh, some some iconic literary works, and all of them are are mature, and all of them are for adults. All, all of them are adult oriented, right? So, so, so there's that. Um, obviously, you know, before we we hopped on the line, we we talked a little bit, <laughs> and you listed out some of some of the stuff that I've been involved in or done in the past, which you guys liked, all of which was very mature, adult oriented, and very R rated. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I don't think anybody anybody expected <laughs> uh, behind the scenes expected this to be like the you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller version of this. The, the, those are the guys that did the Lego movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't I, I think this was, this was always going to be the tone. This was always going to be the tone. Now, yeah, this was, in fact, you know, even, even going back to early, early, early stages, which is, you know, three years ago now, pitching this to Netflix. And, uh, you know, and, and pitching them this, this, this vision, this idea, this concept, uh, this, this, this world, uh, it wasn't just even about Castlevania. It was, it was, you know, this, this whole idea that, uh, uh, animation for adults has really taken off in North America. There's mm -hmm. a lot of shows. There continue to be more shows. They're all comedies. True. True. And they're all funny, but, uh, where is the, where are the entries in, in, in the action adventure genre? And and uh, our references here were, were shows like Ninja Scroll, like Vampire Hunter D, a little bit of Captain Harlock. Mm -hmm. so that's a deep cut for those of you who don't know Captain Harlock. Oh, yeah, no, Space and, and, um, and that's, you know, those are all, those are all shows that, that, that our genre, every genre, yeah, I'm Violent, def definitely you know. a big, big fan of Vampire Hunter D, and yeah. uh, that was definitely one of our questions of where any animes like direct, ex directly affect your creative process in making Castlevania. So I guess you answer absolutely. that question. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Uh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, go, go. Uh. How much of the creative process are you involved in as far as like as far as creating the show um were you like editing the scripts are you like sitting in with the voice actors because um, we see your tone of everything you do and i was like we we see your fingerprints on it which is like how much of your fingerprints are in this you know i i don't know i actually don't know i have no idea <laughs> uh you know i i can you know i can sit here and like list out every step of the process but it you know, it's one of those things that, that that's like hard to to say, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is it is a collaboration on every level. But I then I then I do see like the but I but I know what you're saying because people people I hear that a lot where everyone's like where where there's a common thread between everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. It um, like it feels like your work, but it's hard to say exactly. Where and when? Quantify right. I mean, it's, a, it's it's a it's a collaboration, right? I mean, obviously Warren. I, I mentioned Warren Ellis earlier, who's a who's a prolific prolific writer. I mean, he, I I used to cite him as one of my inspirations before <laughs> before this show. So 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 let's just get that out of the way. And then and then we've got Sam Beats, who's a you know he's a he's an animation director. He he he's he's the director of all these episodes. Right. He does a phenomenal job. He has such a deep knowledge of 
of uh, of the game lore as well. Yes, yeah, uh, and then and then and then don't and then we can't forget all the and there's a whole army of animators that work then tirelessly behind the scenes in order to pull this all together. So yeah, the show looks. So it's really it's it's really a collaborative effort. I mean, but but that said, all all things are collaborative efforts. You know, the the whole like this whole auteur theory that's been uh, kind of the prevalent narrative around filmmaking storytelling etc for the last for the last uh last few decades it's really not true it's just really not 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 accurate i mean uh, filmmaking creating it's 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 a it's 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 more of a mosaic it's a it's a small army of of artists that that uh that work together in order to you know pull something off now that said there are certain artists right you can think like when, when i say spielbergian tone like a Spielbergian or an Amblin tone. Like people know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. It's like oh, it's yeah. like it's like okay, got it. Like those Spielberg movies, Back to the Future. It's like it's like dangerous but safe. There's generally like a father-son uh, uh, dynamic. There's some fantastical element. Um right? Scorsese has his own tone. So like there are these tones that sometimes emerge from people that have, you know, done a lot of work inconsistently, but still that, that, that should never devalue the work that, that goes in, you know, of, of the hundred, the, 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 again, the army of artists yeah. contribute to that world. With all that being said, like be, being working behind the scenes of the creator process, was there a part of the season that you were really excited to see something that you were really like, was your favorite part of the season? Like when you finally saw the animated uh, product? Well, I wouldn't say this was this was when I saw the animated product, but I was really excited to see Hector in the show. Yeah. Oh, Hector is fantastic. You know, uh, yeah. because you know I like the idea. I always loved the idea of having um, kind of side characters that at any moment could become a bigger, bigger, you know, like a like a bigger character. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. But, uh, by the way, and I. Sorry, just to just to explain that a little bit, just oh, extrapolate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the Castlevania timeline from the games, you've got uh, Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, right? It was a very very old game, very very old game. Uh, it's a pixel game, <laughs> but then there is a game that comes chronologically after it, um, decades later. It's called Curse of Darkness, and it actually stars Hector. And he crosses paths sure. with oh, well. Belmont. And I and I love that stuff, right? I love the idea that yeah, Castlevania is ultimately about this demon hunting, vampire hunting family called the Belmonts and, and generations of this of this family. But I also like the idea that, well, while they are kind of the folklore is built around them and and Dracula, it, it goes in these divergent paths where we meet, you know, we meet a guy like Hector, who's kind of this weird anti-hero, or maybe he's just a villain. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. It makes it makes the world feel rich, deep, and nuanced. Did you approach season two differently when you found out you would have twice the episodes to work with? 
we originally did not have twice the episodes to work with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so if you take the entire story of season two and you condense it into half the amount of episodes, mm -hmm. uh, I think that would have not made for a very deep, deep experience, viewing experience. Right, it would just been like a big battle, and that's it. Yeah, no, because one of my favorite part is getting the backstory, like telling Hector's story through being abusive parents and being loved with alchemy and making his uh, yeah. dead pats, and then seeing. I always get uh, brood god. What's his name? The Godbrand. 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 When seeing his little side, not the side mission where he goes to drink, but uh, when he's just running through the forest and then he jumps on the Viking ship, and I was like. Uh, we got to see that, and it wasn't filler at all. It was just like you said—you you built a universe with these characters, and and you're right. Four episodes, I think that stuff would have got cut, and that stuff was some of my favorite parts to see it. Usually, when I'm right. watching anime and I gotta I gotta go through the recap episode, I'm not a fan of that. But like you were just building the stuff, and then you know, <laughs> so it it was just really cool to see everybody's story, especially like. My my favorite is Dracula talking to I forget his name the African American or whatever the black the black Isaac human Isaac Isaac their friendship I was like I really believe these guys are friends I know the whole world's about to end but I really believe and I I cherish their friendship like, mm -hmm. when he was asking him tell me how we met I want to hear it so I because I want to hear that you still my friend who was your guys' favorite character this season um Isaac when he went savage on Godbrand. <laughs> that was my favorite part and just like seeing how loyal he was and when he would say why he's so low he's like he gave me purpose i don't care what he's gonna do i'm following him that was my favorite part i i love peter stormare and his voice is just amazing i really like i really like god brand because he looked like he was just having such a good time <laughs> he almost looked like he put on the motion capture suit he was like no don't animate this i'm just gonna run around doing this stuff myself <laughs> It's interesting because Isaac, in, in in a lot of ways, is like the only pure character in the whole yeah. show. Mm -hmm. You know, because he's 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 not like you know. I, I, at the end of the day, Trevor's just going with the flow. Mm -hmm. He's just going with the flow, right? <laughs> he re, he happens to have this skill set that's now useful, and all right, cool. All right, I'm gonna go stop Dracula, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, Alucard is dealing with like a like a family issue. Dracula is blinded is so blinded by rage that that he can't even think straight, right? Evidenced by the fact that well, he's started this ill-conceived war against humanity with really no end goal. Um, Isaac just goes, I believe in this guy. He is a wealth of knowledge and he must be protected. He's like, he's like kind of the, you know, in a lot of ways, even though he's working for the side of darkness and he's trying to eradicate people. Yeah, that, that's all horrible. Shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but ideologically, but ideologically, his ideology is the most, is the most logical and sound. Yeah, that is true. Um, all right. So I got some questions off topic from Castlevania and then we're going to get you out of here. But, uh, so, I. Uh, so we were excited to to hear that we get the interview. So you know we had to do our 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 our, our investigative, and so you know Wikipedia. And I see that you lived in Singapore, Mumbai, and Hong Kong, 
and all that's cool, but tell me what it was like living in Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, man. It was so weird. It was so weird. It was a massive culture shock for me. I moved there when I was 16. First of all, I moved there when I was 16 by myself, right? So I didn't really wow. know anybody. Um, and, you know, obviously massive culture shock. Internet, obviously the internet existed at that point. I'm only 33 when I moved yeah. there at 16. The internet existed, but it did not exist in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the way it exists today. So there wasn't that much info on it. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't any tool or any anything that could really prepare me for the way people talked, the way people dressed, <laughs> the way people interacted. And it was very, like, very much its own thing. Um, and then uh, another thing happened, which is, which is interesting, because I showed up. And two days later, 9-11 happened. Oh, sh- and, oh wow. Uh, and then, yeah, and then after <laughs> that happened, it kind of made me kind of reclusive because... And you're um, in Rhode Island. <laughs> well, I'm in Rhode Island. I'm the only guy that looks like me. All of a sudden, that made me self-conscious. And I was like, you know, it, do I really fit in? It just, it just, it wasn't a great, great time in the moment. And a lot of it has to do with how I was perceiving events. Mm-hmm. Right? Now... Um, I actually just had my 15 year school reunion oh, awesome. this past May. Yeah. So it was very crazy. Um, and I had very like kind of bad feelings towards this school. You know, I hated the school. I was like, ah, fuck that place. You know, like, <laughs> like everyone was a dick to me. Like, uh, but then the school actually reached out and said, Hey, are you coming to the 15 year reunion? Because we're having like you know, would, would you like to be one of the alumni speakers for the, oh, wow. for the, for the reunion? I'm just like to the kids. <laughs> and mo- my, my initial reaction was like, yo, this is how get out started. Like, nah. <laughs> nah, hell nah. I'm not showing up to that shit. I know what you're planning. Um, <laughs> but then, um, um, but then later that day, um, a company, like a big company, uh, that I'm not going to name names, but it was like a big company. Uh, I, I'd kind of thrown them an idea, and they hit me back saying, "Hey, we want to move forward with this proposal." Yeah. So that was cool. And then later that day, Kanye West reached, hit me up out of the blue. Say a word. Really? And yeah. Nice. So all three things happened in the same day. Now. I think just because there was like kind of three dope things happened in a day, I kind of looked at this, the school reaching out kind of like, okay, maybe this is like fortuitous, right? Because then there's something to this day. There's some yeah. magical thing <laughs> in this day. I mean, it's not like, yo, you close a deal with like this crazy company, like, you know, superstar hits you up to start working together and, and this kind of this demon you've been fighting, this Thanos that, that you had uh, internally that you didn't acknowledge hit you up. So maybe you should engage. So I actually went to this reunion. Oh, wow. And it, it was, uh, it was, it was really crazy. I mean, it kind of made me realize that, you know, your life, I mean, I say, I say this a lot to people. I say, you know, your life is just a kaleidoscope of sounds and images. And then you create a narrative around those sounds and images. You're crafting that narrative and that narrative is telling you who you think you are and then you're projecting that to the world so right. if you want to be different create a different narrative it's not that hard that's true that's definitely but good. as much as 
But as much as I said that, I did not apply that in this scenario, right? Because I kept telling myself, oh man, this is like, the thing. I show up there, dude, I couldn't have been more wrong about my experience there. First of all, everyone thought I was really cool, <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh word, they all thought I was really cool. Like I was the asshole who went, yo, no one likes me because I'm Indian. And they think I'm a terrorist. Like, they, no one was thinking that. I was thinking that. Um, and, and, man, like, yo, I was, like, talking to the kids, and I realized, like, yo, you're just, you're just a teenager who goes through angst. That's, like, part of the thing. When you're 16 and you leave home for the first time and you're in a foreign country, these are all, like, overwhelming experiences. Like, of course I was going to have, like, some adjustment issues. Oh, definitely. Right. I'm still de- I'm still dealing with teen, teen angst at 34. I mean, it happens, man. It happens. I think I think 33, 34 to 35, like that's when you start shedding it. Um, but man, that was such a just crazy, crazy, crazy experience uh, for me. Um, and then, and yeah, and just you know, like. It was, but it was at, at the time. It, I, it felt tough, but it was just. I think it was just like emotionally tumultuous uh, for me. And actually, to, to bring this whole this whole thing up a full a full circle. Um, so I'm on stage talking to these to the kids, right? So now I'm at I'm at the school. I'm talking to some of the students, the artistic students, and guess who just like called me, like halfway through my talk. Who was it? Kanye. <laughs> Did you put and it on I'm speaker? Like, no, because I would have been super douchey. But, <laughs> I, I, but, but, but I realized, like, when this happened, I was like, man, this is really – because I, I, you know how, like, um, you know how, like, Spider-Man goes into bullet time or Neo goes into bullet time? It's almost oh, yeah. like I went into bullet time because I have two phones, right? Um. I'm like kind of reading notes off of one phone. All of a sudden, the second one starts vibrating. I look at him, and it's Kanye. And this was the same week that the whole, you know, all that that shit went down with him last time. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. That's probably know, with the TMZ interview and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, like, hey, man, I, sh- I like, I was like, I need to pick up this call. I can't, you know, let it go to, to voicemail. Um. So yeah, so I. So I, so I picked it up, but I like immediately like got told the kids, guys. I, I really, I just need to just give me a sec. Uh, got to talk to Kanye real quick. <laughs> and I like, I like walked out for a split second and just talked to him, and then he came right back. But as I turned back, I see two kids like looking at themselves and going, looking at him, thinking, like, "Oh my god, that's so cool." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow." I have one more question okay. before before we let you go. Was that a was that a really like kind of weird story? I don't know. I've never, no, I've never that really story was. That story. I thought it like I just would. I knew because I didn't know when you were in um, Rhode Island, but I figured it was fairly young, and so like hearing it and then you putting in the timestamp of two thousand one in there, and I was like, holy shit! It was exactly what I thought, but even worse because you think because if you're not like we're from the Bay Area, so we we know the difference between an Indian person and someone from the Middle East, but if you don't get around that, I can see how that could have been hell for you, uh, especially around that time. And I thought we were going to get it. Right. And I had also like a bunch of like family friends being like, yo, be careful. Like they're beating up Indians. They think we're Muslims. 
And I'm like, why are they even beating up Muslims? Like, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 it was, it was weird. And like, it was just, um, it was a volatile time. And, and, you know, I feel like America, Americans in general today feel very uh, knowledgeable about stuff to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you and I can have a discussion about nerd culture, and it'll go below the surface. Oh, yeah. Like, if I say, if I say, man, who's better, Beta Ray Bill or Thunderstrike? You know what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. Right? Beta Ray Bill. But, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's this level of depth of knowledge that exists, and I think the internet has really created that. There's, mm-hmm. The internet has cultivated that. It has fostered that, right? Versus when you go to the 90s, everything was just very, like, trash TV, smash TV, <laughs> crash TV, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was very, like, in your face. And it was almost like a glorification of stupidity, or at least that's how I perceived it as an outsider uh, observing it. So, so when um, I think when 9/11 happened, the fear was: I don't think these guys know the difference between like a Japanese person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, and that's like a legitimate. That was a legitimate fear. Oh, definitely. Um, th- that day you mentioned you got a call from another company. I know you don't have to say which one, but I do have a question about the bootleg universe. I know you have these new ventures going on, and Castlevania is very successful. Are you going to have time to return to the bootleg universe? So it's really interesting, and I would like your opinion on this, guys. I want your opinion on these. Okay. On this, on this, this thing. So i think it comes down to how we define the bootleg universe right because there are these one shots i think you're talking about the one shots right the yeah yeah power rangers mr rogers mm-hmm. punisher dirty laundry and whatnot and venom yeah. and uh venom exactly um a lot of those which somehow found found their ways into into movies <laughs> like not too long later after i dropped this um but um there's that um, but, you know, technically Castlevania is part of the bootleg universe, too, because I've approached it the same way we approach the Phantom. Hmm. And there's a philosophy behind it, right? It's like by fans for fans. Yeah, I get that. Right. So. Yeah. So like when the you know, when 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 the Castlevania DVD comes out in December, it has the bootleg universe logo on it. Uh, OK. So it'll always exist in that form. Now, so when you say bootleg universe, you mean just like kind of the fan film thing. Yeah, the right? one shot, the one offs and everything. Yeah. Um, I'll always do fan films, man. Because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like everything's kind of a fan film at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, and some, on some level, yeah, just because you put up a few billion dollars doesn't mean that your Star Wars movies aren't fan films. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? Like we're all we're all making fan fiction. Just some dudes have the license and some don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's like it's kind of like they were kind of mixtapes. They were my mixtapes. We're big. We're definitely big fans of mixtapes on this show, and I definitely agree with yes. that that analogy. They were my mixtapes. Your yeah, film, it's your like film, I had your the, film mixtapes. Oh yeah. I had, I had I had the record deal, 
right? But they were like, yo, we want to put you in this boy band. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yo, fuck that. I'm not in this boy band. They're like, too bad, you're going to be in this boy band. I'm like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to start dropping mixtapes, and I'm going to come back with more leverage. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how it hey, Sometimes you got to swing it around. Played out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's kind of how it played out. Now, was it by design? Was it just instinct? Instinct. Probably just instinct. <laughs> Probably just, you know, me being authentic to myself at that time. Yeah, because I, I like what you said, how it is, the uh, bootleg, because just for you to hear you talk about the lore and then go into the game thing and seeing that they gave you guys, like, almost free range to do whatever you guys wanted, you can see how authentic that Castlevania comes out. And you're right, it is – it when you get that – it does make it just like your one shots and everything like that. It's because, the same thing. Yeah. It's the same freaking thing. It would be no different. Like, I mean, if, if, uh, if Saban had turned around and been like, yo, you know what? Like take over the power Rangers thing, do whatever you want with it. Which they should. <laughs> like that would have, you know, we would have had a, really dark very violent power ranger series that would that would that would that would, that would have gone on and it would you know <sighs> been run it would have been run the same way as castlevania so there's a I, I'm, I'm drawing a really bad comparison right now because i don't really even know fully how to articulate what i'm saying other than the fact that castlevania was made by fans for fans and everything i do going forward is going to be by fans for fans Otherwise, I'm just going to completely sell out and start making, like, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks the squeakle. <laughs> like, hey, look, you know I mean? look, look here. You got to make – you got to sell out to make the, your passion, all right? So you're, Don't, there's you're, nothing wrong with selling out to make your passion, So right? you're saying you're not going to be making a, a live-action Samurai Pizza Cats next? <sighs> nope. 